Worldview Update, bringing you closer to international or global news. In Takia, the President Recep Erdogan has managed to win the presidential runoff election, taking 52% of the vote compared to his challenger, challenger Kemal Kılıçdaroğlu, who won just under 48%. It means Erdogan starts a third decade in power despite having faced the strongest challenge of his career. Zinat Adam is the Deputy Executive Director at the Afro Middle East Centre. Zinat, good morning. Thanks for your time. Good morning, Stephen. It was such a tight race. We were all sitting on the edge of our seats yesterday, but uh, eventually it turned out that Erdogan has taken the lead. I wonder if it was closer than expected. You had a you had had a third candidate who had won 5% of the vote, described as an ultra-nationalist. I expected his vote to go to Erdogan, but that's not what happened. That, that is what happened, actually. Uh, last week, Sinan Oan pledged support for Erdogan after meeting with him. He had laid out a few demands. He wanted a senior post in government, preferably a vice presidential post. He wanted Erdogan to deal with the Kurdish issues and repatriation of the Syrian refugees. We don't know if any of those have been agreed upon, but um, at least partial of his votes went to Erdogan. His uh, uh, ally, Umit Ozdag, Went, was from the Victory Party, and he decided to put his support behind Kilic Darolu from a very ultra-nationalist position. And Kilic Darolu, in the last uh, two weeks, became very much more hawkish in his anti-immigrant campaign, trying to draw in those kind of votes. Um, but ultimately, we saw a very similar margin compared to what we saw two weeks ago uh, in the initial uh, election. It was also a very high turnout. What can we read into that? Turkey generally has a high turnout of uh, people coming to the elections. It was lower than we saw uh, uh, two weeks ago by a small uh, percentage, but uh, approximately 85% turnout. And I think that really shows that it was democracy in working in as much as the opposition is claiming that uh, there was democratic uh, principles were lost in the process. Erdogan really held on to the Anatolian heartland, uh, which is where his strongest base is. He even had the support of a majority of the provinces that were uh, affected by the earthquake, which is what we thought he might have lost uh, a little bit in there. Whereas Kilish Darolu seemed to have his base within the urban centers of Istanbul, Ankara and Izmir. Um, what are you going to expect now for Turkish politics? I mean, we have these claims, as you say. I mean, I, I haven't seen substantive claims that there were problems with accounting or anything like that. But we have an election with a very high turnout. We have an election where, where, where the country is almost split down the middle. Does Erdogan change course in any way or does he sort of hunker down? What it appears to be is that the uh, AK party, and that's Erdogan's party, has already won the parliamentary seats, but it is a, a smaller majority than they had previously. Bringing him in as president brings a little bit of stability in terms of how the legislature and the executive would be working together. I think that his biggest challenge is the inflation, and that has been a problem for him. Uh, what he's been looking at is growth in the economy as opposed to dealing with the inflation. And I think he's going to have to find a balance when it comes to that in order to stabilize the country. That's really at the core of things. Um, And part of that would also be addressing the issue of the refugees uh, and the Syrian crisis, because that has been 
a, a strong xenophobic campaign that has led up to the election. But as you've said, Stephen, there hasn't been really any evidence of um, tampering at the polls. Uh, what it is, is that what Kilish Darolu is holding on to is that Erdogan has this charisma and he does have um, a favor of the Turkish media. And uh, Kilish Darolu is holding on to that to say that this is what uh, shifted things in favor of Erdogan instead of him. It looks like the economy is going to be a major problem going forward. Inflation is still very, very high. Uh, Erdogan has this quite strange belief that you can't use interest rates to target inflation. Are things going to get harder for the Turkish economy? I suppose harder for most people in many countries around the world right now. Um, I think it's I think it's a worldwide phenomenon that we're looking at in terms of the inflation. But if we look at the figures from last year, the the Turkish economy actually has grown. Um, and so despite the high inflation, uh, GDP has gone up to about 5.6%. Um, so there, there's, there is some hope, but of course, uh, the earthquakes dealt a blow, and that means that the redirecting of resources into the rebuilding of these 11 provinces, and that's going to be quite a tough uh, situation. Also, Turkey is stretched in terms of its uh, uh, forces that are fighting within the NATO alliance and along uh, the border region um, uh, in the Kurdish area. So that really puts a little bit of pressure. But I think that if we also look at Turkey's um, uh, foreign policy, Erdogan is still one of the stronger candidates because Kilish Darolu would have been focusing his efforts on Europe and trying to curry favor with the West, whereas Erdogan has been a very strong ally to Africa. Zinat Adam, thank you very much indeed. Deputy Executive Director at the Afro Middle East Center, really do appreciate the time. 27 minutes now after six.